Welcome to Restoration Podcast. Be blessed as you listen to this Sunday's message, Divine Acceleration, the time is now. 2 Samuel chapter 11, we're going to read from verses 1 to 17. And I'll read. And it came to pass, after the year was expired, at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in an even tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of, his, of the king's palace, the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, and she was purified from her, she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived, and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. And David sent to Joab, saying, Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. And when Uriah was come unto him, David demanded of him how Joab did, and how the people did, and how the, how the war prospered. And David said unto Uriah, Go down to thy house, and wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house. And therefore, and there followed him a mess of meat from the king. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of, the, of his lord. And went not down to his house. Verse 10. And when they had told David, saying, Uriah went not down unto his house, David said unto Uriah, Comest thou not from thy journey? Why then didst thou not go down unto thine house? And Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in the open fields. Shall I then go down into my house to eat and to drink and to lie with my wife? As thou livest and as thy soul liveth, I will not do this thing. And David said unto Uriah, Tarry here today also, and tomorrow I will let thee depart. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and then tomorrow and the morrow. And when David had called him, he said, he did eat and drink before him, and he made him drunk. And at even, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but went not down to his house. And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah, verse 15. And he wrote in the letter, saying, Set ye Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, and retire ye from him, that he may be smitten and die. And it came to pass, when Joab observed the city, that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew that valiant men were. In verse 17 and the last verse, And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab, 
And there fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died also. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. Over and over again, Lord, you said it came to pass. Father, Lord, my prayer this morning is that whatever is holding your children down this morning, whatever is denying them divine acceleration that you have in stock for them, whatever is, 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 is stopping them, Father, Lord, God, from making progress, for accomplishing, Father, Lord, your desire, your plans, and your purpose for their lives, today, Father, Lord, God, they will come to pass. Father, Lord, as we stand here, Father, Lord, God, this morning, to hear your word, O oh Lord, we receive them with thanksgiving. We know, Father, Lord, God, your word, Father, Lord, God, yes, giveth light. Father, Lord, we pray that as we hear your word, Father, Lord, God, it will give us illumination into the dreams and the visions and the promises, Father, Lord, that you have in stock for us. That none of us will miss out, Father, Lord, God, of your word this morning. That your word that you are sending, Father, Lord, will come to heal and to deliver. And Lord, yes, at the end, Father Lord God, yes, your children will be blessed by your word because they will profit, Father Lord God, from your word. And you alone shall take all the glory. I yield myself completely unto you, Father Lord God, as your vessel, Father Lord God, yes, to deliver your word this morning. I pray, Father Lord God, yes, you will speak, Father Lord God, both to me and to your people, Father Lord God, through your word this morning. I will speak, Father Lord, with clarity of your word, O Lord. Father Lord God, I will not corrupt your word, Father Lord, in my mouth. And your word, Father Lord God, yes, will accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent into the lives of your children this morning. Thank you, Father Lord, for doing it. We give you praise and we give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. We may be seated in his presence. We may be seated in his presence. This morning we are going to continue on our on the, on the season of divine acceleration. And the topic for today's discussion is the time is now. The time is now. The time is now. In the Bible text that we just read, we see the story of, of David, of, of what transpired in his life. It starts with, the passage starts with, with uh, what we just prayed about, that it came to pass. So brethren, everything in life comes to pass. Only our God does not come to pass. Only our God does not change. So whatever you are going through right now that may be putting a burden on your heart, that is making you feel like you cannot fulfill the purpose and destiny that God has for you, this morning, my prayer for you is that it shall come to pass. Whatever will stop or delay your progress will come to pass. In this season of divine acceleration, nothing will be able to stop you because the Almighty God will take you higher. And then next, next, next line, next statement after that was that after the year was expired, we are in the month of November, and we know this year is coming to an end very, very shortly. This year, 2020, is going to expire. But my prayer for you is that you and your family, your household, every member of Restoration, none of us will expire with this year. We will continue into the year 2021 and beyond and continue to experience the goodness and the power of the Almighty God in our midst. You see, and then the next statement says, at the time when kings go forth to battle. Brethren, there's a time and a season for everything. That is not a worldly, that is not the, the world's, world's uh, wisdom. That is the wisdom of the Almighty God. In the book of Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, it tells us that there is a, there's a season and a time for everything under the heavens. 
So that God knows that there's a time for everything. There's a time for battle. David was the captain. He was, so to say, the, 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 he, was the, he was the chief of, 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 the, of, of the captains of the army of Israel. When kings go to battle, in those days, it's not like t- today when you say you are commander-in-chief. You can sit in, in the White House in Washington, D.C., and you send the military out of, to battle. In those days, when you are, when you are the commander-in-chief, you, are, you go to war. You go to war with your army. You, are, you lead your army to war. And then when you come back, when you have accomplished, you, you, have, you, are, you, you have won the war, you come back rejoicing with your army, complete. In the, at the time when David was supposed to go to battle, he was, we are told that David tarried at Jerusalem. So brethren, I don't know what battle you need to fight this season. Brethren, we are right now in the, in the midst of our prayer and fasting season. This is the time for you to fight, your, fight, fight those battles. And guess what? Even as you are fighting your battle with your, with your uh, human strength, your God, our God is fighting the battle with his spiritual, spiritual strength, with his divine strength, because our God is all-powerful. He has never lost any single battle. So you can be sure because you are putting your trust and your faith in him that you will overcome, you, you, will, you, will, be a, you will be a victor in this battle, that you will be more than a conqueror in this battle, that you will be an overcomer in this battle. So don't be afraid to fight this battle that you are facing because I can, I can tell you this, this uh, battle that you are facing today shall surely come to pass. That is the promise of the Almighty God. Brethren, wherever you find yourself, to, yourself today, we say in, in real estate that location is everything. Location is everything. When David was supposed to be at the battlefront, David tarried in Jerusalem in the palace. Brethren, where are you today? Are you in the right place where God is, 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 is uh, uh, pouring the blessings upon your life? See, look, where you are can determine whether you receive the blessings or you receive the curses. If you are in, at the wrong place at the wrong time, then you can be, you can, you can be dragged into something that is not of, you are not part of. And one, of our, one of the prayers my grandmother used to pray for us as children is that you will not be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Because there are people today who are languishing in jail. People have been killed. People have been raped. People have been assaulted. People have been, I mean, malhandled because they were at the wrong place at the wrong time. People have been, uh, have been, have been wrapped up in things that doesn't concern them because you are hanging out with your friends who you don't know are carrying a, 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 a gun in their, in their pocket or they are carrying some drugs in them. And you go and hang out with them and guess what? When, you, when, when, they, get, when they get caught, because you are there with them, you are wrapped up with them and God forbid that will not be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. One of the prayers we always pray with our, for our children, every time we have a devotion in the morning and they are sending them out to school or to work, we always pray that they will not be at the wrong place at the, at the wrong time. That they will not be led astray by their friends, by their co-workers, by their classmates, by anyone that come across their path. I mean, that's a prayer that we should always pray for ourselves, not to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Because when you are at the wrong place at the wrong time, you can become a victim. You can become a victim of the circumstance and the situation that you find yourself. Or you can be a perpetrator of a crime that you did not intend to, 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 to be part of. So let's be careful 
not to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. We don't want to be a victim, neither do we want to be perpetrators. There are people that have committed atrocities because they were at the wrong place where they shouldn't have been at. Been at. David committed adultery because he was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And what did he try to do? He tried to cover it up by committing murder. He committed murder because he was trying to cover up an adultery. And it's just one of those things that we have to be very careful not to get ourselves wrapped up in the things that, 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 that doesn't concern us. Because when you begin to, to commit one sin or the other, then you have to commit other sins to cover up the previous sin. It's just like lying. When you lie about, about something, chances are that you have to tell more lies to be able to cover up the first lie. And most of the time, the, 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 the more lies, the second, the third, the fourth lies, even are greater than the first lie that you told. If you have just told the truth, then your conscience will be clear. So you didn't have to cover up anything because you have, you have told the truth. So, brethren, the time for us to do the right thing, the time for us to love, to show the love of Christ to the, to the world, the time for us to share the joy of the Lord, which is our strength to the whole world, the time for us to comfort those who are hurting with the anointing of the Holy Spirit, with the gospel, with the good news of the, of the gospel. The time is now. It is not tomorrow. Because the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God has given you. So we've heard of the popular saying that there is time for everything, like I mentioned earlier on, but this is according to the word of God. Somewhere in the world today, someone is asking, what time is it? And I'm sure some of you may have even asked that question at some point, either today or in the past. What time is it? Ask your neighbor this morning, what time is it? What time is it? And answer them back. The time is when? Now. The time is now. Because you see, our God is beyond times and seasons. Our God is beyond times and seasons. Times and seasons do not tie our God down. Because our God is outside of time. Before time even started, God was already in existence. And after time has passed, God will be in existence. Because we are told that in this life where we are right now, it's the only place that is tied to time and to space. But we are going to a place in eternity where there is no time and there is no space. Because there we will be able to rejoice and to, and, and to worship the Almighty God day in, day out, time after time, without having to look at the clock. Right now I'm on the clock. I have, to, I have to finish what I have to say and let you guys, let you guys go. And I have to have some things I have to do myself. But when we, begin, when we get to eternity, within, on the bosom of our Lord Jesus Christ, we will not have to watch the time. Because our God is beyond time. Yeah. We have said before, as we discussed it last week, that time, time we, people have said that time is money. That time is money. But I'm here to tell you today, like we discussed last week, that time is more than money. You see, time is much more than money. You see, money, you can, you can just like time, you can, you can spend money, you can spend money well, you can save money, you can, uh, uh, you can invest money, but time, you cannot save time. You cannot, you cannot bank your time. You can't say, oh, I need more time, so let me go back and see what I have put aside. Let me go and take that time and use it. No. 
Once your, time, once your time is up, then your life is over. So that's why we always say that time is life. Time is what? Life. Because when your time is up, your life is over. So you can all, just like you can always use, use uh, uh, time in the, form of, in the form of life in the sense that the time that you have now is because God has given you life. And that life that God has given you is for a purpose, for you to fulfill a, 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 an assignment, fulfill your purpose and your destiny. And if you don't, if you don't use it at, that, at the right time, then you have failed in, the, in taking responsibility for what God has given to you. So we should not take the time that God has given us, the life that we, God has given us, the breath that God has given us for granted. Because he is the one that has given it to us, and he has a plan, and he has a purpose for that, for that, for that, for that time. I heard a song recently. It's by uh, Anna Nalik in her song, Breathe 2 a.m. I don't know if any of us have heard that song. The young, young artist. He said, he said in, one, in one of the lyrics, he said, life is like an hourglass glued to the table. Life is an hourglass glued to a table. For the sake of demonstration, I brought an hourglass this morning, and I'm going to tell somebody to bring it to my, even bring it to the altar. I brought an hourglass this morning. I will show, for those of you that are at home, we will show you the hourglass on the screen so you can see what an hourglass looks like. An hourglass it has, I'll put it here so you can see it. An hourglass is, a, is an equipment or a device that you can invert, you can turn it upside down. It has two glass bulbs, the upper bulb and the lower bulb, and there's sand in it. And the sand continues to drain down to the bottom, to bottom uh, uh, bulb until it's completely empty. And guess what? If you feel like it's empty, what do, what do you do? You can turn it over and start all over again. But guess what? The life that we have here on earth is not the same kind of hourglass that you can turn over. It is glued down to the table, so you cannot, you cannot turn it over. It is stationary. For this hourglass, it takes about an hour for all the sun to go all the way down to the end of the, of, to the, to the bottom uh, uh, bulb. So that's the kind of life that we have. An hourglass that is glued down to the, to the earth. Once the sand is completely empty from the upper bulb, guess what? Life is, life is over. You cannot, ask, you cannot, you cannot uh, uh, turn, turn, the, turn the hourglass over. So as you look at this hourglass this morning, you are looking at, looking at your life. So remember that in your mind. Well, as we talk about the time that we are in right now, the time that is now that we need to use. Whether you are young, you are middle-aged, you are, on, you, are, you, are, you are on the elderly side. Your life is like this sand that is drizzling down into the past. Gradually. Every time you are here now listening to me, is a time that you can never get back. Once, once it's gone, once it's spent, it is gone. And that is why I don't take your time for granted. I take it very, very seriously. The, I mean, I, I, I take the responsibility very, very seriously. That even as, 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 as a pastor, as a preacher, when you are preparing a word for the people, you have to understand that they have spent their time, they are spending their time to come and listen to you. And you cannot just afford to just come and say whatever you like. You've got to make sure that you have allowed the spirit to speak a word 
that will meet them at the points of their need, a word that God has reserved for them for that time, so that their time will not be wasted. So, brethren, I don't take your time for granted. I appreciate the confidence that you have in listening to me this morning, even as I share of what God has laid in my heart. You see, it's the time that God has given to us is an opportunity to do certain things at the right time so that we can fulfill our purpose and our destiny. But we have heard the saying that opportunity comes but once. But that's a worldly idea. In God's dictionary, God can give you multiple opportunities. And most of us will attest to the fact that we are here today because God gave us multiple opportunities. God gave us, we have, we have, most of us have experienced some near, near death experiences in one form or the other. Either you are in your house or you are driving on the street and you say, oh my God, I thank God that that didn't happen. You know, we have had experiences that we know that God has given us second, third, fourth, and many, many chances. You see, we have, we have stories in the Bible of people that have had multiple opportunities. Remember Prophet Jonah? Prophet Jonah was told by God to go to Nineveh. But guess what? He went on the opposite direction to Tarshish. And we know what happened to, to Prophet Jonah. You know? And thank God for giving another opportunity. That yes, he was swallowed up by, by a whale. And after three days, he's patting out on dry ground. And talking about Prophet Jonah, I remember a joke that I heard recently. There was a man who was traveling in the airplane. And he had somebody sitting beside him. He was, a, he was a, a Christian, so he brought out his Bible after the, while on the flight to start reading the Bible. The person on the, by his side asked him, oh, so you, believe in, you really believe all those things in that Bible? The man said, yes, I do. I'm a Christian. Everything in the Bible, God said it, and I believe them. He said, even the story of that man that was swallowed up by the fish, and uh, after three days, he was still alive. He said, yes, I believe the story. He said, well... I don't, I don't know how you can, you can believe a story like that. And I want to say, well, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. Well, his, his neighbor now said, uh, how, do you, how do you know he's going to be in heaven? He said, well, when you get to hell, you can ask him. So, <laughs> that's just a joke. All right. So, so many times we see God giving people many, multiple opportunities. We know Peter, Apostle Peter, he denied Christ three times. But yet, he became the great apostle Peter that, that preached one sermon and 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. So, God gives us multiple chances, so we should not write anybody off. Okay, we should also give people opportunities. Give people chances. Take, don't, don't, don't take people for granted. Give them a benefit of doubt, even when they may have made a mistake. Give, give them another chance, because that is the godly way. And I pray that the Almighty God will give us the, the heart, the kindness, the ability, the resources, the strength to be able to give other people opportunities. Have you lost an opportunity that, or you feel like you have wasted time? That you see your hourglass is, is almost gone. You feel like there are things that you wanted to do. You have not been able to accomplish them. The Almighty God will restore that time back to you in the mighty name of Jesus. He will restore that opportunity back to you so that you can fulfill your purpose and your destiny. My brother, I can tell you one thing for sure. You will not die before your time. Amen. You see, nothing can take you out before until God says it's your time. Amen. It doesn't matter what, what, what kind of life you have lived, what you have done or what you have not done. Nothing can kill you unless, unless God allows it. Amen. Amen. So that I pray and I know that the Almighty God will keep 
Each and every one of us in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, how do we use our time? How do we use our time now? We thank God that God has not left us in the dark. He has given us specific examples, specific things that we should do. For example, in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, 15 to 17, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17, he says, See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. He said, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I like the New, New Living Translation version. I'm going to quickly read that. It says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Understand what the Lord wants you to do. I just have three principles I want us to draw from this from this, uh, from this verse that we have just read. Number one, be careful how you see time. Be careful how you see time. Be careful how you see time. If you, you, see, if you see time as now, then you, you will live life with the knowledge that God has kept you here for his purpose right now. You will not waste your time. You are right now living the time of your life that God has given to you. When someone asks you the question, like I mentioned earlier on, what time is it? You should tell yourself the time is right now. The set time for an, see time as an opportunity that God has given you to fulfill your purpose is a special, is a, is a precious gift that we should not take for granted. Book of Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12 tells us that we should, that so we should teach us to number our days so that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Teach us to number our days. Brethren, your days are numbered. Our days here on earth, they are numbered. Because compared to eternity, life here is very fleeting. The Bible tells us it's like a smoke, like a puff. Very soon it will dissipate and, and go away. We should always remember that our days are numbered. Because when your days are numbered, when your number is called, then your time is up. And life here will be all over. So we have to make sure that we are spending our time doing what is most important. What is most important. Many a time, we feel like we don't have enough time. We wish we have more time to do all, all that things. The truth of the matter is that God will always give you enough time to do what he wants you to do. You might say you've not, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have enough time to do what you want to do. But if you, as far as God is concerned, you have enough time to do what God has called you to do. It's a question of your priorities. Where is your, what, how do you see the time that God has given you? Well, what is most important for one person may be different from somebody else. That's why we are not able to, I cannot judge how you are spending your time. It's not, my, it's not my responsibility. I didn't give you the time. God is the one that we are going to all account for that time to. So God is the only one that can judge what is important to you, how you are spending your time. So let's be very careful how we see our time. Number two, be mindful on how we seize time. Be mindful on how we seize time. We have to seize the time. We have to, we heard this, we heard the, we heard the saying, seize the day. We have to seize the opportunity that God has given to us. You have to make the most of every opportunity that God has given you. You cannot save time, like I mentioned earlier on. You cannot borrow time. 
I cannot save you. Oh, I see you have more than your hands. Can I borrow some of yours so I can have art to buy? No, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody gets the same 24 hours a day, 1,440 uh, uh, minutes a day. We all get the same uh, 6,400 seconds a day. Everybody. Even if you are, you are jobless, you get the same. I mean, sit at home, I'll be doing nothing. Even if you work three jobs, you get the same amount. You cannot ask for more. So you have to use, get, make the most of the time that God, is, God has given you. The, the best, best, best use of our time is by making the most of every opportunity that God has given us. God wants us to get the most value from the time he has given to, unto us. And I pray today that you will accomplish your purpose and your destiny and you get the most value from your time here on earth in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Today, God gives us a series of opportunities for us to do, this, do the things that are necessary. What are we going to do with that time? The book of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 2 Peter 3, verse 8. He said, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord, is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is at one day. God is as our time, so you cannot, put, cannot pin him down and say, Oh, God, okay, I'm going to live for a thousand years. For you, it might be a thousand years, but for God, it might be one day. So you cannot, you cannot put God down and say, But God, you promised me so, so many years. So, God is the one that, that has our time in his hands. So, the time is now for us to say the right word, to do the right thing, to, to, to live the, 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 the life the way God wants us to live it. The time is now to repair that relationship that, is, that, that, has, that, has been, that has gone awry. The time is now for us to make the most of every day, every week, every month, every year that God has given unto us. We have to use it wisely. That's what Apostle Paul was saying, you know, that we should not be unwise, we should not be foolish in the things, that we, the way we use our time. Because the days are evil. The days are passing away. Okay, it's time for us to make those healthy choices so that we can live our life full, to the fullest. We should not allow sickness and disease to cut our life short. It's time for us to make the tough decisions and the tough choices. And thirdly and lastly, we should be purposeful on how we spend our time. We should be purposeful in how we spend our time. Imagine that, that you are at the end of your life. This hourglass is, is, getting, is almost, almost getting, getting, getting low. How would you think about your life? Have you spent your life wisely or foolishly? Have you spent your life carefully or carelessly? We say we should not be foolish in how we spend our time. To make the most of our time means that we have to, to live our life by doing the will of God. That's what Apostle Paul said in that passage that we read, Ephesians 5 verse 17. That we should make the wise way to live is to be in the will of God. And the foolish way to live, the corollary of that, is to live our life outside of the will of God. And I pray none of us will live outside of the will of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Of course, the question comes, if I'm going to live the will of God, how do I know the will of God? How do I know the live will of God? Well, we thank God that God has not left us in the dark. I mean, God has given us his, his will in his word. In his word, God has given us what his will is. And you can look at any, any area of your life and, and apply that area, that, that, the word of God, to that area. Bible, it is the will of God that none will perish. The Bible says in the book of 2 Peter 3.9, 
2 Peter 3, 9, he said, His Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long for suffering towards us, not willing that any shall perish, but that all should come to repentance. That is the will of God. So we don't need to be told what is the will of God concerning what, whether people should die, people should die and go to hell or not. That is not the will of God. It is, not the, will, it is the will of God that we live holy lives. In the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, 1 Peter 1, 16, he said, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am what? Holy. God wants us to live a holy life. It is the will of God that we should praise, worship, and offer thanksgiving unto him in all situations. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning who? You. In everything. Yes, everything may not be pleasant, everything may not be the best right now, but you can give thanks to the Almighty God. Because he has kept you here, because when, in, in all the things that God does, until God says all will be well. If it is not well in your life right now, just don't worry. Whatever you are going to is going to come to pass and all will be well. And that, that's our hope. That's our solace that we have. That we have a God that has helped us in ages past and is our hope for years to come. It's the will of God that we should share the good news of the gospel. There's no, there's no question about that. So don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to be an evangelist. We are all called to share the good news. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Mark 16, 15, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel in, to every creature. That is the will of God. It's the will of God that we support his work financially. People might ask, should I give tithe? Should I give offering? Should I do this or should I do that? God says it in his word. Malachi 3, 10, like that is you already, always says, some of you have, have, have removed that page from your Bibles. <laughs> because... <laughs> Malachi 3.10, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse so that there will be meat in my house. And of course, he gave promises, even, even with that, that, you, that I mean, you open the window in heaven and pour out so much blessing that you have enough room to receive it, and that he will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. This is the will of God. I mean, I, I can go on and on, but the Bible is replete of all, all, all that God wants, wants to do. But when you talk about even specific area of your life that may not be in the Bible, that may not be addressed in the Bible, God still can can reveal, give you revelation regarding His will. Most of the time, we want to, want to ask God, we want, to, we want God to give us revelation regarding His will on a certain area. There are two questions that come to that to that to that uh, question. There are two things that ask that you ask. You ask God, what is the will? What is your will? What do you want me to do regarding the situation? And God, God, I also want to ask you a question. If I tell you what to do, will you do it? Okay? And then most of all, we want to play catch a cat and mouse with God and say, okay, God, you go first. Tell me first, then I'll decide if I'm going to do it. And God doesn't go that way. You have to put your foot on the river Nile, I mean on the, on the Red Sea, before it pass, op pass open. Uh, you have to put your foot on the river Jordan before it opened up. So you have, to, you have to be willing to tell God, whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. I trust and I will obey you. And then God will give you revelation. And then of course, you are telling God to tell you what to do about a situation right now. The one he told you to do yesterday, you have not done it. The one he has revealed to us, we are not obeying it. How would we ask God to give us more revelation of his will when we are not even obeying the one that he has revealed to us? So brethren, it's very, very important that 
we, we understand the things of God. Our, our God is a God of principles. And we, if you follow his principles, then we'll receive all that God has in stock for us. And none of us will miss out of his blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. So in conclusion, you want to, I don't want you to come to the end of your life. Just like this hourglass, you can see the sand is slowly descending and is slowly emptying. I want, you, I want you to be able to see that God can give you enough time in, in this life to fulfill the purpose and the destiny that God has in stock for you. Henry Twells is an Anglican uh, clergyman. He wrote a poem titled, Time Paces. Time Paces. He said, when I was a child, I laughed and wept. He said, time crept. When as a youth, I waxed more bold, time strolled. When I, when I became a full-grown man, time ran. He said, when older still, I grew, I, I daily grew, time flew. Soon I shall find, in passing on, time gone. O Christ, I will thou have saved me then. So, brethren, we don't have to wait to get to the end of our life before we realize that time has gone. And I pray that at the end of your life, you should be, shall be able to, be, to present yourself to the Almighty God, and he will call you, thou good and faithful servant, come into my rest. That will be your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, of all the things that we can spend our time on, the time that we have in this life, the time that we have here on earth, the decision that we make regarding Christ is the one that will determine our eternity. If we are going to spend our time doing what is important, it is very, very important that we do not waste the time that God has given us here on earth. Only what is done for Christ will last till eternity. Thank you for listening to Restoration Podcast. Join us next week as we continue in the Word of God.